Good afternoon, afternoon, everyone. This is uh, Mike. I'm with James again for episode two of the Broker Breakdown podcast. Uh, super excited to be here this afternoon. Uh, we know we did our, our first episode there last week and kind of explained who we are and how uh, how we got into the business. And uh, today, me and James are going to do a little bit of something different. We're going to get into some content, um, talking more about homes replacement costs, kind of current state of the market, and kind of everything related to um, just that home kind of price breakdown. Um, so yeah, I will let, uh, I'll let kind of James get into his, uh, his points here and we'll start, uh, we'll start yeah, off. No, I'm really excited about this one because uh, this one's obviously a hot topic on the market right now with uh, homes, obviously increasing across Canada and obviously Ontario seeing a lot of those increases as well, because we are the biggest province in Canada. But again, we also have the biggest population. Um, so we are obviously are facing not only just Ontario, but the whole country is obviously facing huge problems when it comes to homes and rebuilding costs. And obviously those factors are going to impact insurance. So um, a big, big topic for today. And uh, like I said, I deal with a lot of, I know me and my, Mike actually both deal with, real estate guys and mortgage people. And um, they've kind of seen the same thing. And um, even from my own kind of personal experience, um, I've seen homes just sit, just sit for months, if not years, even prior to COVID, just because of how uh, much things were increasing prior. So um, yeah, well, this is kind of what we want to get into for this week. Um, So we'll have Mike kind of go over some of his topics here and um, yeah, Mike, I had this actual news article pulled up, um, kind of going over some stats and literally just from last January to this January. So 2021 to 2022, we've actually seen a almost 6% increase on rebuilding costs just in one year in Canada. Can you believe that? Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't surprise me. It's it's one of those things when you talk to anyone around right now that's doing any type of renos or or um, even guys in the business doing new builds and, and contractors and whatnot, you know, everything is increased, right? Right across the board. I know there's a ton of different factors going into that too with, you know, world economics yep. sort of thing. But uh, yeah, man, it is it is super expensive. I just actually doing my oh, basement yeah. <laughs> right now and it's part part of the, part of that process. You know, I just got obviously picking up some drywall and lumber and everything else and just the price of uh, a couple one by threes we've been picking up just it's funny to see kind of price when you talk to, you know, when you're any family that's been in the business, right? Or, or or buys things regularly. Everything, everything they're just flabbergasted by. So it doesn't surprise me that we're talking about like, you know, massive insurance claims and total total losses, right? That the overall rebuilding cost people houses have just skyrocketed. A little bit as of an well. inside joke for everyone. Uh, a few when I first started a big, uh, there was a little bit of a conversation with Mike because uh, his wife wanted to make sure that he had enough uh, electrical outlets. I think it was behind the bar, wasn't it downstairs? <laughs> yeah, I've had we've we've had um, we've had lots of conversations on the electrical stuff. I got I got enough outlets right now in my basement to. You know, to to run a small little insurance company <laughs> downstairs right uh, now, but uh, you know what? You want we want to have them every so often. We don't want to go through the thing of redoing a basement and then uh, what five yeah, years down the road again, you're trying to put a uh, yeah, you're trying to you're right. You're putting a computer station in somewhere. You're doing um, or, 
you know, God knows whatever. And you're running two extension cords across the entire basement just to do it. Cause you didn't want to spend yeah, a couple no, extra bucks. You. Right. I hear you. Um, yeah, but so how do we t- like a lot of people are probably going to ask, like, how is this all going to tie into insurance? And the biggest thing is obviously rebuild cost is a huge portion of the home insurance side. And a big misconception a lot of people have is that just because real estate increases, that is not a direct impact on home insurance. Now, the rebuild cost obviously is going to impact real estate. There is no question about that. But just because your real estate is increasing doesn't mean your insurance rates are going to increase. Um, We've obviously seen massive increases in the market. And I get this question all the time. Well, I paid a million dollars or whatever amount for my home and um, you're telling me my rebuild cost is only 500,000 or 600,000, whatever that number might be. But a lot of the misconception that we're having is that people are only putting the value on the actual property or the actual building itself. What people are really missing is that the land that building is on is obviously worth money too. So you can't look at just the building to go into the rates of real estate you have to look at it all as a land and the building because obviously land prices are increasing the rebuild costs are increasing but the rebuild costs on insurance is only going to go to the home it's not going to go to the whole real estate price as a whole um and mike i know you've probably had people ask that question i've i haven't had it recently but i would say like when covid first started i did have it a lot because people were seeing that huge increases on stuff and obviously homes homes over the last, I don't know, probably eight years have always seen increases on the insurance. I would probably think you would agree on that as well. Um, we don't really see decreases on homes a lot. And there's a lot of factors, not even just because of the real estate markets and the rebuilding costs, but there's other factors. Um, but yeah, have, have you seen a lot of clients ask that question or kind of be a little bit misguided when they're paying or buying for a home and they kind of get their, their backs up a little bit. Yeah. So in, in my experience, one of the biggest things, cause I think home insurance, everyone focuses on, you know, what the actual dwelling amount is. I think that's a big, if you want to compare truly apples to apples on home insurance, you've really got to discuss like what's that rebuilding cost amount, right? And between what we do as brokers um, for one office and what the rest of the industry does, it's not, it's not standardized, right? There are lots of different um, – every agent or every broker could have a slightly different way or a different program, I guess oh, is the best yeah. way to put it, to kind of come out with what that estimated rebuilding yep. cost is. And I mean, very rarely – I mean, on occasion it happens, but if I'm quoting out a home for someone – and we're going through like the you know the five or six major things that go into the rebuilding cost, right? Age, square footage, you know, bathrooms, garage, construction materials, a lot of the big things. One of the things that very rarely happens is that the rebuilding cost on their current insurance policy is not the same as what I'm providing no. in a quote, right? It could be higher, it could be lower. And that's where the talking exactly. point starts, right? Because people start at that point getting asking questions, you know, why is this more? Why is this less? And then you kind of have to go through that experiment and explain to the best of your ability why that might be the case. Now, obviously, me and James, you know, can only attest to what we utilize while doing these evaluations because every, every, 
again, broker and or agent will have a different way. And even again, a policy renewing is going to be different. But to kind of go back to your point, every single you know rebuilding cost evaluation, especially on a renewal, is going oh, to be 100%. a different amount. You right? can see it from year over year, even on a renewal. Even if I don't touch a piece of business, the renew the renewed rebuild cost is always different year over year because things are always changing. And especially moving companies, because every company does things differently, you're going to see places have a higher or lower rebuild cost because everyone uses different programs. Even in my time, like I've been at three different insurance companies, two direct writers, and now a brokerage. Um, We all use different programs. There hasn't been one single program that has been the same. So you get these different um, factors when you're putting in all the rebuilding costs and all the materials used for each different company. And then that's why a lot of the things are skewed. Um, because right. everything's not the same. Like there's no, like auto insurance is very, very regulated because obviously it's legally, you need to have it. Home insurance, on the other hand, technically you legally have to have it if you have a mortgage, but after your mortgage is paid, you really technically, technically do not need to have home insurance anymore. Anyone that doesn't have home insurance after a mortgage is, I think it just is playing with fire, but that's a whole other conversation. But, um, they're, it's not as regulated. There's there's different programs you can use. Like I said, every company has their different programs. And obviously that's going to skew the results that you put in because everyone's programs are different. Yeah. And you know what? So and, and everyone, again, I can only really attest to my few experiences, right? From, from being on the broker side of things. But I, I know um, a lot of us use a very similar program. Um, that has you know the seven or eight important factors right to how how a dwelling replacement cost um, is calculated right and there's going to be those major things as I just touched on right the age of the structure you know what's the square footage is it you know one or two stories the garage bathrooms basement those are really the big key things so um, actually it's it's funny. Because a lot of people always want to tell you about their, you know, they updated the windows and, and things like that. If I just was thinking about this, a few of those odd, um, odd things that we you know we don't really care about that. And, and again, the insurance company doesn't because it doesn't really have any impact in that rebuilding cost. But um, where I was trying to go with this was that the overall rebuilding cost you see on a piece of new business. So if if me or James, you know, writes your home insurance and we have that that calculated when your policy comes up for renewal. You're typically going to see, and I'll throw a number out there, about maybe 4 or 5%. You're going to see about 4 or 5% increase on your home year over year annually. Yeah, and that goes, that goes straight and, off of what these all these reports are showing, that even just from 2021 to 2022, their average rebuild costs in Canada have increased 5.6%. So to be in that kind of realm right. where your rebuild cost is increasing 4 to 5% on your insurance every year, is really sticking with the patterns that we're seeing in the market right now with how everything's increasing. Right. It's basically just oh, inflation 100%. at that point. And I mean, and, and, and um, for anyone listening that doesn't get it, or maybe doesn't maybe agree with it, the insurance companies typically do that to keep up with inflation. So if your home policy, you know, renewed, renewed at, you know, that 5% higher, it was 300 and let's say 80 last year. Now it's 405,000. Just throwing some numbers out there. Um, when you call in to discuss it, 
you know, I'm, I'm going to explain kind of why that's the case. But the reason the insurance companies do that is to one, keep up with inflation so that the home is properly insured for, you know, estimated rebuild costs with all that happening. But also it's, you know, it has to because over a 20-year period or even a 10-year period, for that example, if your home never increased in those costs to rebuild kept increasing, how many insurance companies you know, would be vastly yeah. underinsuring people's homes right right across the board. Be, people wouldn't know. It's not the client's job to know. It's us as the brokers and the companies, right, to, to no. put a program in place. that's why it's always so important when you're doing a quote for new business, or even if you're just kind of like reviewing a piece of business, is always to ask about any updates or anything done to the home, because that is going to obviously impact the rebuild cost. If I just throw in like, regular fixtures in my home like that's obviously going to cost a lot less than if i put in all premium quality fixtures and if i'm just telling them like i'm not even like disclosing that information then obviously my rebuild cost is going to be a lot lower than if there is a claim and they're not going to give me the um the premium fixtures that i had in the home prior then really the only person you have to blame is yourself at that point because you just didn't disclose it, right? And that's what a lot of people don't understand is, yeah, there's a lot of questions, but again, we want to make sure that the questions are answered properly so that the rebuild cost is going to come out to what the actual market's showing. Because realistically, the system's not like foolproof. Like I can put in whatever I want to put in. And at the end of the day, like if you want to change things to make a, like the rebuild cost lower you can but at the end of the day like that's not protecting your client properly at the end of the day that's really just only hurting them because if there is a claim they're not protected properly in any way right and you know what it's i'm glad we're doing this 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 podcast for this exact reason is that someone's going to listen to this and kind of not know um the questions to ask and certainly not all people out there will ask about those types of things, right? A lot of homes um, are very generalized, which which is fair. A lot of homes out there have like all the standard builder grade stuff. But if, for example, there like are people that have, um, yeah, and I, I mean, even above the custom built, right? Where the ones where you get to pick all of your, um, I guess bathrooms and kitchens are the two that always stand out in my head. But if you're building a very custom built home and you have, you know, I'm not even sure, but someone over the top, type of things in the in the bathroom and, and kitchen and or if you have i mean any of the non-standard things in homes right so elevators yeah, for example those, but... um you come ac- you don't but you oh, do come you, across you them do. from time to time right you get some you get some nice um kind of vip clients that do have that kind of stuff i mean those type of things aren't a standard home so going back to what we just said if you have the standard five or six things we we're just chatting about <clears throat> It doesn't really ask about these these off color um, additions, right? That people exactly. do do to their house. No, and I think I want to make something very clear: is that people. Um, I don't want everyone to kind of misconceptualize this, but yes, obviously, homes that are worth more and are valued at that price effectively are obviously going to cost more insurance. Do not get me wrong on that. There are homes out there that are three, four, five million dollars. And obviously you're going to pay more on insurance on those kind of homes than you are in like a normal home. But at the end of the day, like for example, me and Mike are both from Southern Ontario and we've seen these massive increases, even just for myself. I live in Hamilton and 
even just the average home in Hamilton, maybe five, six years ago, was like maybe 300,000, 400,000 at max. And now for these small little wartime homes, your minimum you're going to be paying is like seven, 800,000. So I think in that case, like, yes, the real estate value is not impacting that one because realistically to rebuild that home is truly not what the real estate value is. But on the other hand, when you're building these custom built homes, these massive three, five, six thousand square foot homes, um, and they're valued at two, three, four, five million dollars. Yes, there's uh, the rebuilds obviously going to be a lot higher. So that is kind of the only time where the real estate prices obviously are going to impact. But based on COVID increases and the inflation on homes, um, we've kind of seen a very miscued um, real estate market where people believe that these homes that are paying $900,000 or four are only being insured for $300,000. And people are really raising the question of why am I only insuring my home for $300,000 and I just paid 900. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a big thing, right? The, the actual cost to rebuild your home um, which is keep in mind that's the the premise of insurance, right? Is to indemnify you as the client to put you back into the same position prior to when the loss happened, right? So I our, our the whole premise is if your home unfortunately burns to the ground, um, I mean I, I think in a lot of different cases, and I don't know this to be fact, but I think a lot of different cases you can usually keep the foundation. I, I don't I don't know how many um, actual insurance companies have to replace all that unless it's a it really depends. It, yeah, completely. it really depends on the kind of the claim and stuff. Like, it would really have to be some absolutely crazy claim for the foundation to be fully destroyed as well. Um, obviously, because it's like, like most of the time it is concrete nowadays. Like, you might get the older homes that are like concrete blocks, so the blocks can get a little bit destroyed. But most of the time, like a, a laid foundation for concrete <clears throat> is usually not really going to be impacted. But you never know. It, it claim by claim, right? right. And that's kind of where I was going, right? It was like when you when you rebuild that home, obviously you have that foundation. I'm, I'm assuming a majority of times it's still going to be usable. The insurance company is going to make sure it's obviously structurally sound. But as part of that claim, they're rebuilding from that part, the ground up, right? Um, so yeah, you're not you're, the land is not you're not losing no, the, the land, land value, right? The land, the land does not just disappear after a <clears throat> claim, right? It's not really you can't really impact. Yeah. <laughs> the land in any way unless like a bomb hits it or something and then there's a huge crater so that's another big thing is that we're not there's no way to replace land like the land isn't going anywhere so that's the right. one and so that, yeah. that's kind of where it goes back too right james is like what we were just saying so when you buy that piece that that beautiful property let's say an acre of land and you only have the 1200 square foot bungalow on it that's worth a million bucks you know you're not going to get a million dollars on on the home replacement cost. That's not how that works. So obviously, please give us a call. We, we'd love to explain your situation uh, a lot more thorough if you have an opportunity to do that so it makes sense. But the idea is to put that 1,200 square foot bungalow back on the exact same piece of land. Um, and, you know, what's it going to cost the insurance company to get you back into that place, right? And that's where uh, a few other small talking points, which might be a good segue, is... Um, People don't always know part of that replacement cost is also for debris removal. So an insurance company will typically allow, I think, between 10 and 15% of what your home's replacement cost is to obviously remove all the existing debris from the claim. So obviously, you know, a, 
a fire loss as it is a perfect example. You're going to have, you know, literally just a, a home of brick and, and rubble sitting there that the insurance company pays to remove. And then at that point, they have to go through the process of rebuilding the home. Now, obviously, James, you, me, neither one of us are claims adjusters, right? So we can only explain so many things. But I will say that, you know, our job is to make sure that the actual rebuilding cost you have is sufficient for what your home should be insured for. And that's been the yeah, whole basis of this conversation. That's like, honestly, even sometimes I forget that too, that the debris removal is actually a huge portion of the, your home insurance because it costs like the debris doesn't just get up and go away. Like it's there and it costs money to actually like remove it and remove it properly because depending on what kind of home it is and how old it is, there could be materials that we don't use in today's day to build homes. Right? Like there's definitely homes that still have like asbestos and all that kind of stuff in like, uh, like lead pipes, like, uh, what's the other one that knob and tube, like there's homes out there that obviously have this stuff still. Um, and you can't just be like, okay, we're going to just throw this in the dumpster and like adios. Like there's obviously environmental like impacts to just dumping it. So they have to be dumped properly. So even for myself, that's a huge thing that I always kind of never really think about until I'm like, oh, wow. Like the actually, yeah, the debris actually does cost. Like there's, there's times where I've seen where like debris can cost anywhere from like 10 to 25, even $50,000 just to remove from the location, which is huge. Yeah, yeah, and, and on top of that too, uh, and this is something maybe the common, the common you know client and, and even ourselves, when you're rebuilding something yourself or doing like let's say a basement reno, as I'm going through it now, or if or if you're building a home from scratch yourself, one of the things that no one ever considers is just labor costs in general, right? So if we're putting in like the sweat equity that everyone refers to it as to do things yourself, you're basically only at that point paying for the materials cost to rebuild. An insurance company obviously does not have that luxury, right? They are paying for you know whatever contractors are are then brought in. Uh, you also have to remember that it, there's on a, it's a specific timeline, right? Um, I mean, the idea is to get those clients back into that home as quick as possible. Now, obviously, a, a total fire loss is a is a catastrophic thing. It's not going to be easy for the clients. They're going to go through a lot of um, you know, a lot of pains there, losing all their stuff, and it's going to be a horrible experience. And it doesn't it doesn't happen overnight. The the rebuilding of that home, you know, will could take uh six months to a year, right? It doesn't just go up in a month. Um, so there's a lot of things in, included in that that kind of again, we go back to it, but that rebuilding cost that the insurance company is making sure they're covering. So it's again, it might seem in some cases to seem overinflated. And I've had clients that say, you know, Mike, I have a, I have a thousand square foot bungalow, you know, a slab on grade, you know, no basement. I mean, this home is 200,000 and, you know, you have $350,000 on it. So there's, there's obviously examples where it's actually more than what the current um, person perceives their home to be insured for, which is a completely different talking point than having on the lower side. A big, a big point but, you just brought up that I want to kind of touch on very quickly is you just said labor costs. And I don't know if anyone's been listening to the news recently, but almost every skilled labor field that I can think of right now has been either on strike currently or has been on strike at least in the last six months. 
because I know so many friends, so many family members that work in the skilled trades, and almost all of them are on strike, or if not, have been on strike in the last six months, in Ontario at least, because they are trying to get wage increases. So obviously, if they get wage increases, this is obviously going to increase rebuilding, because you can't just keep your costs at the same level and bring this guy in for $25 a, a, an hour when he's now asking for 40 or whatever it might be, right? So that's a huge news point that a lot of people, and I just kind of thought of off my top of my head because I, like I said, I personally have friends and family that work in these areas. And a lot of them, like I said, have either been on strike in the last six months or currently are on strike. And if they, like I said, if they most of the time have gotten in the increases they want, which are usually gradually placed over like a three to five year period. But again, in three to five years, when they go from $25, $30 an hour to $35, $40, $50, whatever it is, obviously we can't keep the rebuild costs and the rebuild amounts at what they are because the labor is now increasing X amount too. Right, right. And that's a huge thing included again in that cost, right? The insurance company is paying for that. You are not paying for that as a client. Um, so actually the one, it's a good little segue, but I think it's a spot that me and James both agree on and, and everyone should have. For for home insurance, there is a specific coverage called, you know, we refer to it as GRC, which is guaranteed replacement cost. Um, every insurance company, I mean, I, I believe all standard markets yeah, I'll say, I don't do think, offer this. I don't and think anyone some, doesn't offer it anymore yeah. unless they don't qualify for it. I'm pretty sure every market has it now. At least any markets that we work we work yeah. with have it. And there's like obviously qualifications for it, but it's really hard not to qualify for it. Like personally, like I think like if you're going to offer guaranteed replacement costs, like I don't even see a point of giving an, an, an amount for the rebuild because it just, it's confusing. I find a lot is confusing for clients because you're going to give them like, let's say an amount of like $300,000, but you're going to guarantee to replace it. So what's the point of giving the 300,000? You know what I mean? Like I personally don't understand it very good. Because I just, even as a consumer, like I'd be confused. Like, okay, you're telling me you're going to replace it up to 300000 but then you're going to give me a guaranteed replacement cost to replace it exactly how it was prior, even if it goes over 300000 So is it really just, like, yeah. like you were saying before, is it just an inflation protection, basically? Because you don't know, like if someone just has this policy for 25, 30 years, and it never, like it increases slightly, but the, but the inflation increases faster in the market than on the actual insurance policy. Is that really just an inflation protection realistically? Like, like what do you think about that? Yeah. I I mean, I mean, ultimately, I mean, the majority of what you pay for in your premium is it comes from like that base rate of the home though. Right. So I, I I think the way that the insurance companies typically view it is that, you know, obviously you have to have a, a very um, kind of current up-to-date evaluation of that home, whether it's every every five years or whatever the number might be, right? It might it might differ between brokers too. But that number's at least gotta be relative, right? And that's where the insurance company gets its its premium from the clients, right? No one's gonna insure a home for um if it's let's just say use a number for example sake of four hundred, but when you do that evaluation, it should be seven. Well, clearly there's been a drastic disconnect somewhere, right? The client, the client either under, maybe didn't know about the, what the overall square footage is, but as professionals, I mean, we got to do that with those evaluation tools um, often enough where we're, we're kind of current to where it needs to be, yeah. 
right? The last thing they want is there to be a claim. This is basically what I was going to get at. The last thing any client ever wants, or even a broker from like a, you know, uh, an errors and emissions standpoint is, you know, there is a claim. The insurance company says, okay, guys, you know, we're a little concerned. You know, home was insured for 400. I mean, doing quick math, we think it's seven. Like, you know what I mean? Like that, that disconnect yeah. is not okay. Whereas I feel that if it's, you know, if it's 550 and it, it takes 600, I mean, that's one of those things where things can change over the oh, course 100%. of the year, right? Like you said, materials, labor, there's got to be some leeway, especially if you've done a tool the proper way. We just, I, I think clients and people out there listening that are, are in the industry, it's got to, it's got to be relative to what the home is and just being kind of delusional in a sense and saying, oh, it just increases every year. The insurance company increases at 5%. You know, it's going to be fine. Sure. Until the claim happens yeah. and then it's not fine. It's like, oh, we could, you know, we could have yeah. done more. A little this. tip for everyone too. I don't know if Mike uses this, but I've kind of found to use this very effectively, but a very good way of kind of figuring out if like square footage on a home is like accurate from what the client's telling you go on Google maps. And if you do the overview, you can actually measure out um, the overview of a home. So it'll kind of give you a rough estimate. Like I'm not saying use it like to like the T, but you can really look and see like if someone's giving you like the correct amount of square footage compared to what's showing on Google maps. So any brokers or anyone out there that, might need a tip. There's your tip for the day. Use Google Maps to map out homes to see if the square footage is accurate. Especially, I'll, I'll add a, a little note, especially more for rural properties. You're not going to have that problem, or at least I've never, almost never <clears throat> had that problem for like more urban homes, right? Because um, obviously with, with EZI TV and a few different things that we use in the industry, we have the ability of being able to, <clears throat> I mean, unless someone's done a massive rental or an addition and for some reason it's not updated right which does yeah, happen from time happens. to time but i mean if you if you look at a home on google from street view and then you can also c- confirm with the client quickly and it takes like two minutes you're gonna have a great idea of how big the home actually is it's not it should it should not happen that you're undervaluing it by by yeah, 2000 exactly. square feet ever so kind of moving forward like what do we see like do we see these costs continuing to increase? Like, I think this might be like a silly question. And I think a lot of other people are probably going to say, say this is a silly question, but like, is this always going to increase because of like kind of the world that we live in now where like the supply demands are really not coming back to where they were prior to COVID increases in wages and people being more like, kind of like mindful of like paying people properly. Like, are we really ever going to see, rebuilding costs ever come back to like even prior COVID? I mean, if I had a crystal ball, this would be such an easy, easy question to answer for you. (laughs) Right. But I mean, yeah, it's, it's tough to say. I, I, we, I mean, I have, I have no idea. Um, it would be nice to say, you know, things are going to come back down to, you know, couple bucks for a two by four instead of nine or whatever it is now. But um, if it does, I mean, I think you might see a little bit of a shift with the rebuilding. I mean, at least that way it's with inflation, it's still relative, but with respect to insurance, I mean, you never want to, I don't think you're going to see a spot where home insurance, like not premium, sorry, but rebuilding costs uh, decrease, right? 
I've, I've never seen that happen in my no. past 10 years so I don't far think in the industry. I've, I've never seen it either, but like, how do we, that's a question that kind of begs to, like for an answer almost is that like, how do we, how do we allow the increased on rebuilding costs to continue to increase without in home insurance getting so out of hand? That's the problem, right? Like where's like, where do we connect those two to make sure that home insurance isn't just skyrocketing for people as rebuilding? Cause realistically, like the supply, like the supply chains and distribution centers are just not getting back to where they were prior. And if, if you, if you walk into any home Depot, Lowe's, Rona, any of your kind of, home hardwares that you can get rebuilding like materials you can see like even from prior even before covid it was gradually going up but during covid it's just been absolutely like insane like the um the one article that i was reading that it said from 2019 to 2021 there's been a 400 percent increase on lumber like that's just crazy yeah yeah i mean it, it does go back to that you know, a supply and demand thing though, like you were saying, right? I mean, everyone's been cooped up for two years. Um, I mean, it feels like everyone you talk to is is adding on decks or pools or doing renos to their house in some way. I don't know if it's just all this disposable income that people, somehow people, people have. Traveling. That's the thing, right? So they sit at home and they pick yeah. through every little thing they don't like about their home because they haven't traveled in two years and now they want to do all this stuff. But then now everyone wants to do all this stuff. Plus the supply shortages like it just everything is kind of increasing right and that's why you're kind of seeing home rebuilds are just absolutely outrageous right now and like i said like i like personally from my standpoint i just don't see how we see a decrease in this you're i think you're always going to see rebuild costs increase just based off of kind of the market that we're in everyone's be like i said everyone's kind of being more mindful of things like making sure their employees are paid well and like a lot of people are going like eco-friendly and unfortunately eco-friendly right now is really just not affordable for a lot of people so if you if you do go that route you're obviously going to pay more and if you pay more obviously your rebuild costs are going to go up so um i think just a lot more people are mindful of things and um i think a big thing is people need to be mindful of their actual insurance policy to make sure that they are being covered properly because the biggest thing is you don't want to spend all this money. And then at the end of the day, like if there is a claim, like I was it last year, when was the Barry tornadoes again? Was it last summer or was it summer prior? It was last summer, right? No, no, that was, that was yes. just in the last year so for at, sure. I mean, I, I don't have the exact date, but I, I want to say like almost, yeah, yeah, it was just in the last so year. So look at that for sure. instance, for example, like when was the last time a massive tornado like that hit in, in, Ontario and like there's I'm reading a report right now from iSure um, that's saying that 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 tornado that hit in Barry has cost the insurance companies a hundred million dollars so at the end of the day you don't want to be that person that just like insured their home for like the bare minimum possible because like I said in home insurance is not is regulated but it's not as regulated as auto insurance so you have to really make sure that you're getting the right coverage because there's a lot of coverages that you can take off, add on. So you want to make sure the right stuff is there. But again, like who could have predicted that this kind of like huge weather event would have happened. And now it's going to impact um, obviously rebuild costs. Cause you're now you have to rebuild almost a hundred million dollars worth of homes in that area. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the, one of the big things, right? One of the big challenges in the industry is, how do the insurance companies combat these larger 
catastrophic weather events, what are they willing to insure against or what are they not willing to insure against? And that's something we've, I've seen change even over the last five years and stuff, right? With water and a few big things that either come to the policies or, or <clears throat> be are excluded from insurance policies, right? Um, and again, what is the line or where is that area between whether it's going to be covered or not? So it's, I mean, it's super important. I think the biggest thing will be to, if you have questions, make sure you're talking to your agent or broker about certain yeah, things. Always just right? ask don't, the question. Don't yeah. Wait for it always to happen. Always ask the question. Like if if your broker is really there to protect you and really cares about you, no question is smaller or big for them or stupid. Because a lot of people think their questions might be stupid, but they're not. Just go to whoever you trust. Come to us if you trust us already after two episodes, which I hope you do. But just do... Just ask the questions because at the end of the day, if you don't ask the questions, you're never going to know, right? Um, so I think that's the biggest thing. Just ask your questions to whoever you trust that takes care of your insurance so that at the end of the day, if something happens, you know you're covered because I find a lot of people just don't. They just buy or purchase whatever they are offered premium-based. And at the end of the day, like when if something actually happens – there's no coverage for it. And then they're like, well, why am I paying for this if nothing's happened? And well, you, you, you didn't ask the questions. But again, it's it's kind of a two-way street. Like it's on the broker too, but um, there's only so many things that the broker can go over if we don't know. Like if we, we can't read minds. Like we don't know what you're thinking. If you have questions or if you have concerns about stuff, like we're going to obviously explain everything to our best ability. But at the end of the day, like if you have questions and don't ask them, like we can't read your mind if you have that question. One of the um, one of the big things too that I think is super important, especially for home insurance, is just making sure that you know if you are comparing things, um, having a copy of your policy there, and and kind of allowing you know that apples for apples comparison, um, super super important, right? Because there are a couple different features, especially with water coverages more specifically. I know that'll be a different topic at some point in an episode. Um, I like water. I love talking about water. So that'll be one of my favorite ones. But um, <clears throat> it, it just making sure you have that policy available because like James briefly mentioned, um, you know, like home insurance, like we just talked for the last half an hour, rebuilding costs will be different on every single person's insurance policy, their home, even what it is to their neighbor's home. It will be different, right? What you pay for your home insurance <clears throat> absolutely will be different. It's not going to be the same even as a neighbor. And there's a lot of common misconceptions 100%. there as well. So yeah, just make sure you have a copy of policy and when it renews or whether or not you're doing a new quote with someone, you know, asking um, thought provoking questions. We are obviously the professionals. So I'm going to, when I have, whenever I talk to someone as a, on a piece of new business, there's going to be certain things that we, we definitely discuss. And it's, it's interesting actually how many times someone will say, Oh, I've never, you know, ever been asked that or, something very similar to that extent, right? Oh, that's something that like, you know, I've, I just assumed was there for 20, 30, 40 years, right? So it's, yeah, there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of assumptions in our industry, James. I, I mean, there's a lot of assumptions on, on home oh, and auto insurance, but there's a, there's a lot of this kind of um, idea that um, when you pay for home insurance, I, and I should say car, but home because of this topic today, when you pay for it, it's all encompassing, right? You have, Every type of loss you could imagine, minus maybe a few exclusions that people might already assume are not included, but that everything else under under 
you know, the sun is covered on your home policy. And it's not the case, right? There are lots of ways that you can help reduce your own premium by removing things, but you have to know what you are removing in order to, you know, to save that premium dollar. Exactly. But I think to kind of summarize this whole thing is just make sure that you're really aware and kind of disclosing things when you're doing a quote, especially for the rebuild cost of things, because with everything increasing over the last two to three years, like obviously that is going to increase a lot. And your home insurance, if you haven't seen already, is probably going to increase and it will continue to increase as we kind of have the supply shortage. And like I was saying, just because you're real estate, you're paying X amount for it doesn't mean that the rebuild cost should be that amount because realistically, you still have to look at the land value. There's, there is obviously tons of land value in whatever you're buying. It's not just the property. We always like to think that my home is worth $2 million, but realistically like your home is probably only worth like 700 in the, in the lands, probably 1.3 million, depending on where you live. It's not always the case. Cause if you're living way out in the middle of nowhere, your land might not be worth as much. Cause you're not in like a big city and the property might actually, or the building on the property actually might be more than that what the land is. But usually in the city, your land's probably worth a little bit more than what your actual building's worth. Any, any any other last thoughts, James, you want to give everyone before we leave them today? I don't today? think so. I think we kind of covered everything. I just kind of summarized my kind of key points. Um, I just, like I said, I would just be mindful and make sure you're comparing apples to apples. Don't compare apples to oranges. Make sure you're sitting next, your policy that you have. And if you're doing a new quote or whatever you're doing or the, from renewal to renewal, make sure you're looking at it. Even briefly, give it a five-minute glance. Just be like, okay, this is the same. This is the same. And if you have questions, just ask them. Because like I said, from year over year, even even from the renewals that I see, even if there's like a minor like 5% increase on rebuilding costs, I'm going to be like, listen, like this is why your stuff's increasing. It's based off this. Your your rebuild is increased by 5 6 7% or whatever it is. So just be mindful, I would think, just going into a renewal or shopping your insurance around, just make sure you're being mindful and you're comparing apples to apples. Always, always the best way to end it. I love comparing things the same way. That way, at least everyone knows where they stand at the end of that conversation. You know what? I think, I know we haven't talked about this personally, but I think, I think for next week, I really want to kind of chat about the climate side of things for homes, because I think that's another huge portion that we kind of chatted about at the end of this that we, I really want to dive into a little bit more deeper because that's another huge portion of the home insurance side that people, even on the car insurance side, people really don't realize is that like our like climate change is impacting a lot, a lot of things. And home insurance is a huge one. Auto insurance is too, not as much, but I feel like there's so many things that people kind of overlook. Um, and they're just like, eh, whatever. Like that's, it is what it is, but realistically, it is going to have a major impact moving forward. So what do you think about doing climate for next week? I love it. I love it. We can get yes, into the water I stuff, know, which is right up my avenue big, that I love, you're a big I love water discussing guy, it. Aren't you? Love the I love the different types of water coverage. I know it's, it's impossible for consumers to understand it to some extent, but... Uh, I love chatting about the different types and every company is different there too. So that'll be it. There's, there's talking awesome. points for that. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you guys tuning in to episode two. Um, this was recorded May 19th. So it will be out the following Tuesday, which is the 24th. So it's the Monday or it's the Tuesday after the long weekend. So we hope that you guys all had a good long weekend. Once you guys hear this, 
And um, yeah, for episode three, I think me and Mike have just decided on episode two that we are going to do a climate change episode. So uh, looking forward to what you guys think about episode two. Uh, Like I said, if you guys have any questions, concerns, or just kind of want to entertain or comment about some stuff, just let us know. You can uh, contact us via our social media, um, comment on wherever you're listening. The podcast um, is being added to a lot of the podcast sites as of right now. Um, Currently, we are on, let me just get the list quickly. It's growing every day, but I just want to make sure which ones we are actually on for the time being. It is, of course, I type in my wrong password. So we we do through Podbean. So we obviously have a website through Podbean as well. Um, so that's basically where I've posted most of our stuff. But then we're also on Amazon Music, which is huge. We're on iHeartRadio, Player FM, and Podchaser. We have a few deals that are going through shortly to get us on some of the bigger and um, the bigger sites, obviously. But they, it does take a little bit of time, so look out for that. But we will post them for you guys, just so you guys have links to them. But like I said, if you guys have any questions, we really appreciate if you guys would send them to us. And we hope you guys enjoyed episode two. And looking forward to hearing you guys from episode three. Enjoy. Everyone have a long, great long weekend, and we will obviously uh, we'll stay in touch. Thank you.